Welcome to the New Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Nickel. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here and I hope you're doing well. I want to start today by sharing a celebration. I'm so proud and so happy one of my clients has started a new job and one of the things we had coached on was her confidence in moving from an organization that she had been in for many years and understood how everything worked into a new company that is in a different part of her industry. So she had less experience in that specific part of the industry and she had some insecurity and some you know, her confidence felt a little shaky because she thought, I won't know as much and, you know, I'm kind of new and I want to do a good job. And so she's now been at this new job for about a week. And she said, you know, I had a couple realizations. And she said, one is that when I ask questions, everyone learns. And that was important for her to realize because before she was starting the job, one of her fears was people will think I don't know enough. They'll question why I'm there. And she was worried about would she be able to ask the right questions? Would she look stupid if she was asking questions about things that she thought she was supposed to know already? And so it was this huge revelation and she realized, oh my gosh, when I ask questions, everyone learns. So asking questions isn't a bad thing and it doesn't make me look bad. It actually is normal. Everybody knows, you know, I'm new here and asking questions helps other people. So that was the first aha. And the second was she said, oh, it's no longer about trying to prove myself. Now it's about what do I want to contribute and why? It's about what I can contribute to the success of the team. And when she started to think about it in those terms, the pressure she felt started to dissipate. And now it was no longer, you know, she was kind of no longer obsessing about what do they think of me? Am I proving myself? It was no longer about her. Now it was, oh, how do I want to contribute to the success of the team? And when she focused on the team and how she could help everybody, it completely changed her thinking, her experience. You know, she's been able to really enjoy this first, um, you know, these first days in the new job. And her confidence that has always been there is just more available now. So I feel so happy for that. I love when my clients have those ahas and those insights and I'm so happy to share them with you because if you are also thinking I need to prove myself, maybe consider flipping it to ask instead, how can I contribute to the success of my team? And also realizing, hey, when I ask questions, everybody learns. So there you go. That is how we're starting today. And remember, if you want to work with me one-on-one to apply these insights and implement them, turn them into action, make them your own, that is the work that I do. I'm a coach and I help people to work better with others. And a lot of the times that's around 
confidence and mindset and how you're thinking about the situation and dealing with the overwhelm, the uncertainty, all of the human things that show up when we work with people. So go to the show notes if you want to know how to book a call with me to talk about working together. And I'm also going to put in the notes a link where if you have a question or a topic that you would like me to address here on the podcast, then please send me a note and I will add it to my list of topics. So our topic today is about people-pleasing. And it comes up a lot, especially when you're a new manager because you know now often you're thinking about not just how do I make sure that my manager is happy, but we often correlate the contentment and happiness of our team with our success of managing people. Meaning, oh, if my team is happy, I'm doing a good job. If my team or if someone on my team is very unhappy, then maybe I'm not doing a good job or there's something I need to do to address that. And it can get a bit entangled with our own sense of confidence and being effective. And, you know, sometimes it, it flares up in unexpected ways. So I want to talk a little bit about people-pleasing. And first of all, I find that when people tell me that they have a people-pleasing tendency, they say it kind of like they think of it as a bad thing. They feel maybe a little bit embarrassed about it because they say it like, oh, I tend to be a people-pleaser. No one ever says, oh, I am a people-pleaser. <laughs> I've been really focused on pleasing pleasing other people for years. I've been kind of obsessed with it, actually. Like, nobody presents it that way. It's always kind of like, well, I also know I'm a bit of a people pleaser. It's a little bit almost like they're admitting something that is not a great thing. But I want to neutralize that a little bit because when we think of it as this heavy, bad thing, it actually makes it a lot more difficult to deal with. So the tendency to people please, number one, when we have that kind of that awareness of what is the emotional state of people around us and a desire that the emotional state of the people around us be one of contentment and joy, that in and of itself is actually great. And especially in the workplace, I mean, think about it. We talk about wanting our customers or our clients to have a great experience with our product or with our service. We talk about things like NPS scores because we want people to be happy and to recommend our product or service to others. We want them to be pleased with their experience. In the workplace specifically, that's why so many organizations do things like pulse surveys to get a sense of how are people feeling? We talk about morale. Morale is a sense of that positive emotion of, yeah, like I actually feel happy at work and I feel that I trust my colleagues and the mission and the leadership. So this idea of, you know, are people feeling pleased? I think we can overlook some of the value of what that has to bring because we so often encounter it in either an unpleasant or a negative way. 
But essentially what it really means is you have the ability, the awareness to perceive what is the emotional tone of other people. And then the thing that we want to pay attention to is what do you do with that perception? One of the things we can do is we can question it, right? We can also question, you know, the accuracy of it. We can then question what do you make it mean when you see someone who seems displeased or disappointed or upset? Like, what do you do with that observation? What do you make it mean? And that's really where the work of kind of untangling and becoming more clear so you can be more intentional and deliberate, that's where that comes into play. So let's look at this from another angle. So why do we do people-pleasing? Why is this a thing? On some level, it's because it feels good to have a certain reaction from somebody else. That's really what it's about. So it's kind of like if you had your choice to have a conversation with someone who was feeling pleased and content and happy, you would choose that over same person, same conversation, but they are feeling displeased disappointed, impatient, frustrated, upset in any way. Whether it's about you or whether they're simply having that emotion about something else and you are simply in proximity to it. Like on some level, it just feels better for you. You feel more calm. You feel more safe. You feel more at ease when the person near you or around you is also in a more content state. So one way to think about it, it's almost like you're just managing your environment, kind of like if it was too cold, you'd want to get a sweater or turn the heat on. If it was too warm, you would not wear the sweater or you might open a window to get the breeze in. In that same way, we can think about the emotions of other people around us, kind of like the environment that we're in. And we're always trying to adjust that so that we can feel most comfortable and most at ease. Now, getting a bit more specific, there are a couple of specific examples or reasons that I've seen through my clients and my work about kind of where this desire for people pleasing comes from. So one is that if you're a very empathic person, meaning you've always been very sensitive to the emotions of other people around you. Uh, another way to think of it is when someone is having an emotion, you feel it in your body. Like if someone is feeling angry, you start to physically in your body feel the same sensation of that that angry feeling or if someone is feeling really sad you also start to feel very sad and you know one of one of the reasons why this tends to happen number 1 is as humans we're very wired for social 
perception and for for social like emotional mirroring and in the body we actually have these things called mirror neurons and that's part of how science explains why we can perceive and literally feel the emotion that someone else is feeling so you might be a person who has very high empathy and you know you were just always able to sense the emotions of people around you and feel them such that you may not even notice is the emotion i'm feeling mine or is it somebody else's but it's almost like you're this really powerful tuning fork and so when a note is played that matches that tuning fork of of you you also vibrate you also feel that same emotion So that's the sense of high empathy. And what that means then is that if you feel so tied to the emotional state of others, then for sure you are going to want the people around you to be pleased and content so that you can also feel that and that you don't get kind of dragged along with the emotions that they're experiencing. So that's one, high empath. The other one is we can use people-pleasing from a desire for connection. It's the sense that if the other person is content and pleased and relaxed and happy, then we think, okay, we're good, we're connected. And if they are frustrated, angry, upset, distant, withdrawn, cold, then we feel a disconnect. We feel like the relationship is damaged or ruptured and that can feel scary and so we'll want to repair that and we'll try to do that through people pleasing and that sometimes will also connect to a sense of safety so for example if you grew up with adults either in your family or in your school or in your community if you grew up around adults who were highly volatile Uh, meaning, you know, very dramatic emotional and behavioral swings, or if they were very exacting, like had high perfection behaviors, um, and that can turn into putting a lot of pressure on you, either explicit, like especially around school, I see this a lot, where perhaps the adults in your life put specific pressure on you to have perfect performance in school or music or sports or in your role as this you know in your in your family like as the eldest child or whatever your role was in your family whether that was explicit or implied you might have absorbed this sense that okay i need to make sure that the adult is pleased with me so that nothing bad happens like it was a way of kind of controlling your environment of creating safety, of maintaining connection. And sometimes we just absorb that and then we bring that same pattern of behavior into all of these other relationships. So that can show up that way. The third thing, it can also show up in conflict avoidance. So if we have a fear or an aversion to anything that feels like conflict or confrontation, then one way we'll deal with that is by pleasing others as a way to avoid the discomfort of conflict or confrontation. And number one, that's a super normal thing. 
But we want to be aware of that because at work and as a manager, that specifically will really get in the way. There are times when actually the kindest thing is to confront and have an uncomfortable conversation or to move towards conflict to try to diminish it or understand it or figure out like what is going on. And that will require that, yeah, maybe someone isn't pleased and that that needs to be okay. You don't want your sense of safety or success to be dependent upon the continual good mood of another person. And so if you are a people pleaser because specifically you know that you are you tend to be conflict avoidant, that's something that we can understand and look at and find an alternative to because that is not a good long-term strategy. <laughs> it actually becomes very limiting and very exhausting. And so we actually want to address the discomfort so that you're not doing everything you can to wiggle out of that perceived conflict. Okay, and the last one around people-pleasing is that it can also come from this genuine place of care. And because you care so deeply and you want people to be doing well and you want them to be happy, that can drive this people-pleasing behavior. But what's actually happening is it's almost like you've hooked your achievement drive into your caring and what that means is you've decided that if this person is in a good mood or feeling happy with me that means i am being successful that means i am doing a good job and i think that dynamic also is actually very common and I'm thinking specifically, you know, I've mentioned my nephews on this podcast before. And when they were little, this was my first experience with small children. So if you're a parent listening, you're advanced at this already. You know how this works. You know, if you have, if you have responsibility for a small child and they are crying, it doesn't feel good. You want them to be happy, <laughs> right? You're thinking, what can I do to please this tiny human and bring them to a state of peacefulness and contentment because you care. You care about their well-being. And in that case, actually, our achievement drive does kind of hook into that because I know that when I was able to soothe or you know address the need of the child and so he went from being upset uh, or you know hungry or you know sometimes they get so tired that they can't sleep and they get really grumpy and learning how like how can i help this child take a nap <laughs> like that is my measure for success today you know there are some really interesting ways that Actually, our sense of achievement, it felt so good. Oh, I got both of them to take a nap. Yes, I am winning, <laughs> right? Like that sense of, okay, if I, can, if I can achieve their emotional contentment, their physical well-being, it's because I care and I am going to feel 
like the greatest champion (laughs) and it feels really good. And so sometimes we don't even realize that the way that we care and our feeling of achievement ends up getting hooked up in the behaviors we bring into the workplace and trying to please other people. So the overall picture that I want to offer is if you know that you tend to lean towards people-pleasing behaviors and some of the effects of that will turn into no boundaries, second-guessing yourself, undermining your confidence, um, you know, feeling like you're avoiding important conversations. There are so many different symptoms that you'll notice that come up when you lean into the people-pleasing at work. But the solution to all of this really is the same. And what I want to offer you as the solution, really the starting point that will help you unhook the people-pleasing behavior from the workplace is this. So listen up. Learn how to be present with discomfort and the uncomfortable emotion so that you can discern and make an intentional decision. What often happens is we feel the discomfort and then we become reactive. We jump into action right away. And sometimes that action is avoidance. So the first thing we need to learn is how to be present with that discomfort, how to be present with the uncomfortable emotion that you are feeling. Letting yourself be present and feel that first so that then you can discern, okay, what is this about? What kind of impulse am I feeling around the people pleasing? Am I trying to avoid conflict? Am I looking for connection? Is this an empathy situation where I'm simply really perceptive and really feeling this other person. We want to slow things down a bit so that you can discern what's going on and then make an intentional decision. It's okay to be a people pleaser as long as you're doing it intentionally and not out of habit or because you don't know what else to do or because you're afraid of doing something else. Right? We actually just want to harness that and use it in its most beneficial way, in a way that's beneficial for you and for your team and for the mission, and not just about relieving the discomfort in the moment that you're experiencing because of what you're seeing this other person having a difficult emotion. As one specific example, I had a manager that was working with me and it was at the beginning of the pandemic and she was feeling really bad because she thought my team is so unhappy right now. I feel like I'm doing a bad job because if I was doing a good job, they would be happy. And I said, look, we're still early in this pandemic. We don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know all the ways that their personal lives are being affected or their extended family. Actually, what if them being unhappy is a perfectly normal and healthy response to the situation and circumstances that they're in? What if you being a good manager is being okay with them feeling how they're feeling and being able to support them through that and through all of these challenges in the ways that you're able to do that? And 
it really helped her to see her role in a different light and also to take off some of the feeling of blame or failure and just get a perspective that was actually more useful. And I would offer it was even more honoring of the entire team and the entire situation. So that is what I wanted to offer to you today, some insight around people-pleasing and offer a little bit of grace to yourself if you're a person who has a pattern of that. There are probably some situations where that's actually a very valuable thing to have. We just want to make sure that it's not running the show. And if you want help with that, we can definitely work on it. Reach out below and we'll talk about how I can help you through that. All right, that is what I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Hey, before you go, if you like this podcast, leave a review. Tell me why you listen and what has helped you. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.